today on Real Life Radio. My friend, if you're doubtful, fearful, you're not hearing clearly. I'm not hearing clearly. It's through his love that he communicates. What a tender moment. This is Real Life. Welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. Hey, are you struggling with the existence of God? Well, you're not alone. A lot of folks are. And we are very excited to make available to you our current featured resource. It's called He Who Thinks Has to Believe. It's by A.E. Wilder-Smith. Now, this book's been out of print for quite some time now, and access to this great book has been quite a journey, but Pastor Jack really believes it was well worth the challenge. Wilder-Smith has seven doctorates. He's been a consultant to NATO and the European Union. But you see, his passion and love for Jesus surpasses every other thing he's ever done as he takes science and uses it as a tool for the gospel. So whether you're maybe a young teenager or college student or an adult struggling over God's existence, or even maybe you've been enticed to leave your faith, you're going to want to get a hold of this book. You see, Dr. Wilder-Smith will challenge you to look around at your observable universe, and through allegories and fantastic stories, you really can only come to one conclusion, God's existence and His unconditional love for you. He Who Thinks Has to Believe by A.E. Wilder-Smith is yours for a gift of any amount. And it's available at our website, jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com. On today's edition of Real Life Radio, Pastor Jack now continues his series called The Gospel of Luke with a message titled, The Majesty of Jesus Christ. You know, the Gospel of Luke is a series that gives us both the humanity and the divinity of Jesus Christ as only Luke, the physician, could do. Here now, as we continue in chapter 9, we'll consider the greatness and nobility of Jesus. You see, when we talk about the word majesty, we naturally think about a king seated on his throne. Majesty calls to mind greatness and nobility, and the Bible says that of Jesus Christ. But when we think of the words power and rule, we think in way too small a terms when it comes to Jesus Christ. So today, on this part of the message, Pastor Jack goes on to say that since Jesus has authority over the spiritual realm, the physical realm, and over all things, he still rules through love. And it's through that love that he communicates with us. His sacrifice for our sins is true love and action in giving, and it's enduring. Now, in his message called The Majesty of Jesus Christ, here's pastor and Bible teacher Jack Hibbs. I can handle this church on my own. I can handle ministry on my own. Hey, mom, dad, I can handle my kids on my own. That's the world we live in now. That's the government we live in now. We can do it on our own, God. Get out of school. Get out of government. Get out of the Supreme Court. We'll do it on our own. God help us if we ever become Christians or a church that says, we'll do it on our own. One of the greatest signs when the Holy Spirit is no longer consulted is when a ministry or a Christian home, instead of consulting God, just throws money at a problem. It's easy to throw money at a problem. In fact, let's be honest. If you throw enough money at a problem, you can probably fix it. But is it of God? Very dangerous. This calls me and challenges me to search my own motives about everything that I think, say, and do. It's amazing. 
Am I empowered by the Holy Spirit? Very quickly, Micah chapter 3, verse 8, Micah the prophet, he said, I'm full of power by the Holy Spirit. Wow. Jesus Christ in Luke 4, 14 says that he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit into Galilee and ministered. Ephesians 5, 17 and 18. I love this verse. Jot it down. You'll love it too. Ephesians 5, 17 and 18. It says, therefore, do not be unwise, but be understanding of what the will of the Lord is. Do not be drunk with wine in which there's dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. You know what's a great thing about that verse? Here it is. And I don't know why the old King James translators didn't translate it as it says. In the Greek language, this is what it says. It's great. You know, the Bible is written in Hebrew and in Greek and a little bit of Aramaic. Not Arabic, Aramaic. Watch this. In the original Greek, it says, Ephesians 5, 17, Therefore, do not be stupid. Don't you love that? I love that. In fact, it's emphatic. Stop being stupid. It Therefore, stop being stupid. It implies that we are stupid. Therefore, stop it. What? Being stupid. About what? But understand what the will of the Lord is. I want to know. I want to know. Good. Here's the answer. Verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine in which there's dissipation. Here's what he's saying. What happens when you drink too much wine? You get drunk. You get goofy. People are funny. When they start to get drunk, when they start to get drunk, they get very jovial. Hey, oh, buddy, how are you, pal? That's the, listen, for all of you non-drinkers who know drinkers, that's the time to ask them for a loan. <laughs> the first stage of drunkenness. <laughs> oh, buddy, man, I just love you. You know I love you. Do you love me? I love you, man. You're my brother, you know? Come on. Will you give me a loan? How much do you need? <laughs> Number two. Number two, they get real emotional. You know, back in 49 when I burned your car, you didn't know? I was me. I'm sorry. And then third, they get obnoxious. Violent sometimes. And that's usually before they're out. Here's the thing. The Bible says, why do you waste your time with that? Now, I can preach a series of sermons on how the Bible says a Christian shouldn't be drunk. You know what's better than that? If you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll never want any other kind of, quote, spirit in you again. Because, you know, there's no room for that kind of junk. Because here's what happens. When God gets a hold of you, it is an awesome life. And you don't want to come down from that life by picking up a Jim Beam or a Jack Daniels. It's a joke. But if you don't have the Holy Spirit empowering your life, then you know what? You're going to go settle for what the world says is best. But here's what happens. You drink the alcohol and you get affected by it. And then right in the middle of your, yeah, oh man, we had a great time. Can you, wait a minute. Hang on, I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> People drink and they gotta go to the bathroom. That's exactly what the Bible says. Why be filled with drink in which this dissipation has to be eliminated? But rather be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the word in Greek is over, be filled over and over and over and over again. It's awesome. The disciples stopped doing that. They looked at ministry maybe as something as common. I can take care of this. Wow. Second point this morning, our majestic Jesus rules in authority. He rules in authority. Number one, in the spiritual realm. Of course, in the spiritual realm. He has absolute authority. It says in verse 42, and as he... 
That is the, this is kind of strange. Listen, as he was still coming, he who? It's a lowercase h. It's not the father. But we don't know, you can't clearly discern, is it the, the demon or the son? The answer is both. It's the, demon and, it's the demonized son. Why is that important? Watch what happens. As he, the demonized son, was still coming, the demon, that is he took control, threw the boy down and convulsed him. Isn't this a horrible life? Demonic possession. Should I say to you what I said to first and second service? I'll just say a little bit of it. Demon possession's real. If you don't believe me, too bad. It's real. You ought to have my job. You say, well, maybe you're talking to somebody with mental illness. Sometimes it is just mental illness. Then sometimes when you see a body come off the ground and hover in midair, that ain't no mental illness. At least I don't think I'm that sick. When you see someone's eyes roll in the back of their head and turn absolutely stone black and voices coming out of their mouth, that's like 10, 15 voices. Body contorted and body, body being bruised right in front of you and nobody's even touching them. Stuff when they say things and only you knew that when you were nine years old on that Saturday afternoon. Or you were 18 years old and you were up in Oxnard. How does that thing know that? How does that person who's a stranger that you've been called to make a house visitation know that? You say, oh, what are you talking about? Hey, you ever watch that program? I don't, but I know people do. You know this guy, John Edwards? The channeler guy? The guy that people call up and they, are there people in the show and they say, you know what, this or that? And he goes, yeah, you know what? Yeah, uh-huh. You know what? Um, your uncle said this to you when you're 13 and that's why you're this way. Oh my gosh, how'd you know? The spirit, the spirit told me. And all these lemmings go, the spirit, did you hear that? The spirit told him. What spirit? Demonic stuff is real. That's why God condemns in Deuteronomy 13 all the way out to Deuteronomy chapter 18. The, con the consulting of mediums, spirits, witches, soothsayers, tarot cards, palm reading, Ouija boards, um, all that stuff. Why? They're real. Hey, the Bible specifically mentions the horoscope, that it's demon-powered. Oh, you horoscope? I've, I've seen Christian websites that have little, their little help links and they have a horoscope tab. And that's demonism. You say, well, that's just a game. There's demonic powers behind them. It's amazing. The physical realm, the spiritual realm. In the physical realm, Jesus has absolute authority as well. Look at this, verse 42. Then Jesus rebuked, that is the word gag. He placed a gag order on the demon. I love that. It means he silenced it. Be quiet. I love that. <laughs> he gagged the unclean spirit and healed the child. The word is renewed him, made him brand new in a second. Be quiet. Kids made new. Third word, gave him back to his dad. The word is to present, to make a presentation. You ever prepared for a corporate presentation? All the work you do, all the preparation, you've got your your board's up, you got your pointer, you got everything ready, you're going to make the big presentation. That's the word that Jesus used when he presented 
the child to the father, everybody, all that great multitude of people, that's the understanding. Wow, he presented him like a general presents the victory to the king. Isn't that great? I love that. Jesus controls the physical realm. You're listening to Real Life with Pastor Jack Hibbs. You know, to hear more episodes and maybe catch up in the series, just go to jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com. And for now, let's get back to our teaching. Once again, here's Pastor Jack. And then thirdly, under this point, Jesus is authority over all. And they were all amazed at the what? The majesty of God, verse 43. That verse right there connects us to the day before in the Mount of Transfiguration. The Greek New Testament in Luke 9.43 says, and they were all astounded at the evidence of God's mighty power and his majesty and the magnificence of God. Isn't that beautiful? Third and final point, verses 43 to 45, it's this. Our majestic Jesus rules through love. He rules through love. You guys, you may think this corny. I I have a movie that is one of my all-time favorites of all time. And I guess if you watch it once, it's corny. But I've watched it so many times I cannot count. It is so cool. But there's a scene in there where Sean Connery is King Arthur over Camelot. Yeah, first night, very good. And there's a big debate about because Maligan's there who represents Satan and he's challenging Sean Connery's authority, King Arthur. And Maligan, who again represents Satan, says, men don't want to be ruled by love. They need to be ruled by fear and torment and pain. And Well, Richard Gere is listening to the whole thing. He's Lancelot and he's got two kingdoms to pick from. One guy's all dressed in black with a snarl on his face. He's got boogers hanging out of his nose. <laughs> representing Satan. And then there's Sean Connery and he's, he's Sean Connery standing there and all of a <laughs> Looks so fatherly and figurous like. And Lancelot's, what do I do? What do I do? And King Arthur says, Lancelot, go spend this night in prayer. And if you do, in the morning you'll be born again. And, and he's out there crying, his guts out. Oh God, what do I do? And in a moment, this dove flies away and Richard Gere stands up and he's a totally new guy. He's got the kingdom in his heart. Having the kingdom in his heart, he winds up giving up Julia Armand, his hot, lusty love that he's after. And he finds out that living for the kingdom and its love and for its king is greater than any woman that this world could produce. And he falls in love with the kingdom and the message of the kingdom and he lives for the kingdom. Listen, Jesus Christ in his majesty communicates to us the love of God. He speaks to us about the kingdom and this is what is tender. Verse 43, but while everyone marveled at the things which Jesus did, look, he said to his disciples, while they're marveling, he says to his disciples, Let these words sink down into your ears. Psst, guys, church, don't miss this. Guys, I'm going to be betrayed. My death is near. You need to have these words sink deep in your ears. If you can't get it straight about what just happened here, if you can't be dependent upon 
the spirit for everything. You're never going to make it through the rest of this book of Luke. (laughs) You'll never make it to the end. Because if you have walked with the footmen and they've wearied you, what are you going to do when the chariots arrive and when the Jordan begins to overflow? Translated, if you can't handle this situation in dependence upon God for everything, when I'm crucified, you'll freak. You're not getting it. Because you're, you're, listen, your attempt to try to do it on your own is causing doubt and fear in your life. And you can't hear clearly. My friend, if you're doubtful, fearful, you're not hearing clearly. I'm not hearing clearly. It's through his love that he communicates. What a tender moment. Literally, while everyone's eyes were wide and jaw agape at the things Jesus did. (gasps) Jesus turns while they're all doing that, while they're all preoccupied with awe. Jesus says, hey, you guys, get this straight. Let this sink deep into your ears. What does he say? Sacrifice. It's through love that he sacrifices. For the Son of Man is about to be betrayed, given up, surrendered into the hands of men. His love was sacrificial. True love is giving, active, enduring his love. It's sacrificial. He's telling them, I'm going to go die. You got to get this. It's not a bad thing. I'm going to die. Church, why was Jesus determined to go to Jerusalem? The cross was there. So then why didn't he head to Syria, Damascus? Why didn't he go to Beirut? Why didn't he go to... He embraced the cross. Why would he embrace the cross? Because he was going to die on the cross. He was going to pay somebody's debt on the cross. Whose debt? Your debt, my debt, our debt on the cross. Jesus is going to the cross for you and I, every one of you today. And you might say, well, not me. Yes, you, all of mankind. The Bible says he died for all of mankind. Want me to read that to you? 1 John 2, verses 1 and 2. 1 John 2, 1 and 2 says, My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone does sin, he has an advocate. Thank you, Jesus. He has an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for our sins only, but for the sins of the whole world. Wow. He died for everybody. But listen, for you to benefit from that death of his, you have to accept him. You have to accept his sacrifice. You have to say yes. You have to say, I do. My friend, listen, Jesus' sacrifice for you and I is so precious that I know that you and I are overly mindful of our unworthiness. We sin all the time, even when we don't want to. Even if we have a great day of, boy, I'm really doing great. Then we start to get arrogant about it. Boy, look at me, God, I'm doing so great. Then we sin because we've done so great. Listen, when Christ, who is our hope, shall appear, it says that we will appear with him in glory. That means that that incredible redemptive process and what's called sanctification, it will be over. Did you know that? Yes, your name is written down in heaven if you're a Christian. Yes, you're going there. That's settled. But in the process, you and I are being sanctified practically today. That is, we're becoming more like Jesus. 
Jesus is not going to come up and say, Larry, man, you got dirt under your thumbnail. You can't come in here. It's a nice place of heaven. The moment you and I either get raptured or we die, the thumbnails are cleaned. Everything's washed. We will be freed from this body and we will enter into the glorious presence of which his sacrifice provided. And here's where we end. It's through that love that he waits for us. He's patient with us. Listen how good he is. Verse 45, but they did not understand the saying. So Jesus began to beat them about the head and face. No, no, for it was hidden from them so that they did not perceive it. Oh, wait a minute. What was hidden from them? The truth of him going to Jerusalem. Who hid it from them? Not God. Not Satan. Jesus didn't do it. The scribes and Pharisees didn't do it. Who did it? Their doubt and unbelief. The perverseness of their heart did it. Church, I want you to think about this as we wrap this up. How many times do you and I find ourselves blinded because of unbelief and doubt of what God has told us. Has he not said for us who are Christians that we are new creations in Christ? Old things have passed away. Behold, everything's become new. Yes. You can close your Bibles right now and you can think on this. Our God loves you and he is great. And I don't want you to anymore to be impatient or frustrated or thinking any longer that you have done something so great. Have you sinned? Yes. Have I sinned? Yes. But church, his love is patient. And the disciples, even after verse 45, they were still his disciples. He didn't get on the cross and say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, especially Peter, especially James, and especially John. He didn't do that. Stop trying to think for God. Come to him with all your baggage, thumbnails and all, and say, God, I need you. The Bible says God is for you. He loves you. Understand that Christ went to the cross, died there, rose again from the dead, that you and I would be free from this sin and the sinful life that we have. But we have to admit to him that we need his saving power. I don't have to yell at you to convince you that you and I have done wrong. We already know that inside. But what are we going to do with it? Heaven is real. Hell is hot. God is good. And he loves you so much that he doesn't want you to go there. And the story of the Bible, the message of the Bible, is that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Will you put your trust in Christ today? Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs, here on Real Life Radio with his message called The Majesty of Jesus Christ. Thanks for being with us today. You know, this message, The Majesty of Jesus Christ, is part of Pastor Jack's series called The Gospel of Luke. It's a series on the book of Luke and the unveiling of Jesus Christ to this world. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Life Radio. You know, we don't always understand what God's doing, but the Bible tells us that one day we will. The question is, do we know God personally? Many believe there's a God and that he's powerful, but 
Having faith in God is to know and understand that He cares about you immensely. God's power could force obedience, but instead, He gives us the freedom to choose to come to Him through our own free will. So, if you're wondering what that means to have a personal relationship with God, why don't you let us help? Simply go to our website, jackhibbs.com, click on that tab that's labeled No God, spelled out that's K-N-O-W, God. Now, once you're there, you'll learn about things like how our sin is separating us from God and how God has made a way through His Son, Jesus Christ, to get right with Him. Again, it's that tab labeled No God, and it's there at our website, jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Life Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in His Word. We'll see you next time here on Real Life Radio.